Dear brethren and sisters, there is a a verse in Proverbs chapter 1, the last verse reads, Whosoever listens to me will dwell safely and will be secure without fear of evil. And as to the importance of listening, Paul tells us in Romans 10, faith comes by hearing. Time and time again we read, particularly in the prophecy through Jeremiah, which we have just finished, that Israel would not listen. And from our reading this morning, from Ezekiel, we see our God is again doubtful still whether Israel will listen. Ezekiel chapter 2 verse 5 As for them, whether they will hear or whether they will refuse, for they are a rebellious house, yet they will know that a prophet has been among them. Verse 7 You shall speak my words to them, whether they will hear or refuse, for they are rebellious. Israel must have reflected later when God's severe judgments came upon them as a result of their disobedience. If only I'd have listened. So, brothers and sisters, that's what I want to give some thought to this morning before we partake of these emblems of God's love. I expect we all have had to say, perhaps several times during our lifetime, if only I'd have listened. So let's look at this in the light of what the scriptures say. Let's start with Noah's day, which as we know, Jesus used as a warning for us living today. Nor was many days, indeed many years, preaching the coming doom of the inhabitants of of the world at that time. He had warned the people that God was going to destroy the living with a flood because they were so wicked. And Noah, we know, had so much faith in what he was preaching that he was building a massive ark on dry land. Perhaps even some of his neighbours might have come and helped him for a bit of fun, perhaps. Then one day, something they had never seen happened. It started raining. Also, they must have seen Noah going into the ark and the creatures. And we read, and the Lord shut him in. So the only way to safety had now gone. Suddenly the ground around them began to gush with water. For God had caused the fountains of the great deep to be broken up and the windows of heaven to be opened. No matter, they would go to higher ground to escape. But the water kept rising. The water kept coming up until there was no more high ground. Eventually, they were all swept away. What would their last thoughts have been? Some, no doubt, would have been very, very angry. Others would probably say, if only I'd have listened. But of course, it was then too late. Such is God's mercy that he will never 
use this method to destroy the wicked again. But mankind never learns. And so we move on to another incident, not many years after the flood, that can give us much food for thought, and that is Lot's wife. Again, we find that this is something Jesus felt he needed to mention in one of his lessons. Again, Lot had been warned that God was about to destroy the city of Sodom and Gomorrah. He was told to get out as soon as possible. Leave behind. Leave all behind, we read. Genesis 19, chapter four, verse 14. Lot went out and spoke to his sons-in-law, who had married his daughters, and said, Get up, get out of this place, for the Lord will destroy this city. But to his sons-in-law, he seemed to be joking. They turned their backs on the chance to be saved. Lot, although he faltered, did what the angels said. So urgent was the case that they urged Lot, his wife and daughters, to escape for your life. Do not look back, nor stay anywhere in the plain. So let's focus on Lot's wife for a minute. I don't think there's any indication that Lot had a wife before he went to Sodom, although some would disagree with this. So it's likely he could have married a woman from the city. It's obvious that Lot's wife hadn't listened, or at least she hadn't taken in what she heard, what the angels had said. It's recorded Lot's wife looked back from behind him, and she became a pillar of salt. It's doubtful whether she had time to think about anything. So quick was the judgment. If, as I suspect, Lot's wife came from Sodom, she could have had many relations there. So humanly speaking, it would have been very tempting to look back, which she fell to. We'd just like to have a quick look at King Saul. We read, A choice young man, and a goodly. There was not among the children of Israel a goodlier person than he. But, brethren and sisters, we know he wouldn't listen to Samuel's words. And he was rejected. You will know the words of Samuel to Saul, and this is also something which can equally apply to us today. Behold, to obey is better than sacrifice, and to hearken than to the fat of rams. In Jeremiah, we read at least 30 times, Israel had not hearkened unto me. Jeremiah 22, verse 21, for example, I spake unto these in our prosperity, and thou saidest, I will not hear, this has been the manner from thy youth that thou obeyest not my voice. And of course we read earlier in Ezekiel chapter 2 verse 7, Thou shalt speak my words unto them, whether they will hear or whether they will forbear, 
for they are most rebellious. As to listening to instruction and not looking back, as was Lot's wife told, let's see what Luke has to say. In the last six verses of Luke chapter 9, we have two would-be disciples, and one, it seems to me, who was already a disciple. Jesus' instruction could not be plainer. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. But the response to Jesus of all three was, first, let me do this or do that. So here is a case of hearing and not heeding. Let's look at one who is typical of them all, really. Lord, let me first go and bury my father. If indeed it was only an actual burial that detained him, it's difficult to believe that Jesus would have refused this request. For Jewish internment is a very quick affair indeed. But Jesus, who knew all, says, let the dead bury their own dead. This is probably not an answer we would expect to hear. But Jesus' answer, though, suggests that the man's father had not accepted the call to salvation which Jesus had and the promise of eternal life. So his burial, therefore, from Christ's point of view, was very insignificant and not to be allowed to come at all in the way of the great stirring hope and work of life which he and he alone can give. The concluding message for these three men and us is no man having put his hand to the plough and looking back is fit for the kingdom. In the book of Proverbs, we read, A wise man will hear and increase learning. And although this book, although in this book we have many warnings to heed the voice of wisdom and to ignore the voice of wickedness and to hear instruction and to be wise. So there are times when our listening is very important indeed. We need to listen not only to the word of life, but also to the words of our brethren and sisters, for we can easily miss their cries for help. Today is an age of counselling. Men and women are trained to, today to listen to people's problems. But in the truth, all of us can be counsellors. There is often a lot of talk about giving money and supporting this fund or that fund. But not all of us, of course, can go on giving this way. But all of us can make time to help others. To hear their problems, to help and to encourage them. There is that old saying, isn't there, brethren and sisters, a problem shared is a problem halved. In the scripture, there are two types of listeners. There are those referred to in the Old Testament 
where we are told, for example, in Jeremiah, I have spoken unto you, rising early and speaking, but ye have not heard, nor inclined your ear to hear. And in the New Testament, the same thing. In the second of Peter, chapter 3, verse 3, Knowing this first, that scoffers will come in the last days, walking in their lusts, and saying, Where is the promise of his coming? So they have listened and not heard, really. How to prove Peter's words were today, on the whole, no one wants to know. But, or listen, but of course Jesus said, they have their reward. In Jesus' day, he drew large crowds who were prepared to listen. But as we saw earlier, all but a few would not leave what they had and truly follow him. Also, there was the opposition of the Pharisees and Sadducees and the keepers of the law, who really discouraged and discouraged any of the followers of Jesus. Just like today, they were willingly, willingly ignorant of the things they heard. But what of the disciples of Jesus' day, particularly the twelve? We are told as they were going up to Jerusalem, Jesus told them, The Son of Man shall be delivered unto the chief priests and unto the scribes, and they shall condemn him to death. As the full import of what Jesus said never sank in, there was that immediate jockeying for positions in the future by the disciples. Grant that we may sit on the right hand and on the left in thy glory, said James and John. You would have thought they, in particular, would have taken, been taken aback what Jesus had just said. And there was also that clear teaching, the first shall be last. But no, of course, this is typical of human nature, even in ourselves. Even certain disciples, as we see, wanted to be first. It's easy, of course, to criticize others. But in this case of the disciples here, there is, a, is there any case for mitigation? For wanting to be first, I think we have to say a definite no. But as to listening of Jesus' forthcoming ordeal, we think they can be forgiven. Let's just look at what Luke's Gospel record says of the third time Jesus predicts his death. This is Luke 18, verse 31. Gospel record of Luke chapter 18, verse 31. Then he took the twelve aside and said unto them, Behold, we are going up to Jerusalem, and all things that are written by the prophets concerning the Son of Man will be accomplished. For he will be delivered to the Gentiles, and will be mocked and insulted and spit on. They will scourge him and kill him, and on the third day he will rise again. Then in verse 34, But they understood none of these things, for this saying was hidden from them, 
and they did not know the things which were spoken. It's hard to think the disciples would deliberately ignore those important words. But they were, as Luke said, hidden from them. Perhaps if they really understood what was going to take place with the arrest and crucifixion, they would have forsaken Jesus there and then, feeling unable to cope with the situation when it came. In passing, brothers and sisters, we might consider the thought that we don't know what lies ahead of us. Perhaps it's better that we don't know. There are times, I'm sure, when we look back on our lives and wonder however we came through at one particular trial or perhaps many particular trials. If we had known it was coming, perhaps we would have given up. There were, of course, many of disciples who we read of in John chapter 6 who had already turned away. John 6 verse 60 Therefore many of the disciples, when they heard this, said, This is a hard saying, who can understand it? The fact that some of the disciples did not fully understand, but were prepared to stay, does give us some comfort. For I'm sure we don't always understand some of the things we read in Scripture. We may have read certain passages hundreds of times, without finding the true meaning. There are things that are not easy to understand, and it's only time that will reveal the meaning. Here again we might gain a little comfort from the account of those two disciples who were on the way to Emmaus, who were so sad that they poured out their hearts to who they thought was a stranger. But from this stranger, there was an awakening call. All fools and slow of heart to believe all the prophets had spoken. So we would say this is a rebuke, more for not believing what the prophets said about Christ's suffering. What Jesus said was hid from the disciples then, but we think they should at least have known about the sufferings of Christ through prophecies of old. So Jesus, beginning at Moses and all the prophets, expounded to them all the scriptures concerning himself. It was only then that the apostles went forth and preached the gospel with understanding. Paul and his persecution of the church of God through ignorance had been like the other apostles, instructed by the Lord Jesus. But Paul in turn was often disappointed at the response of those who heard his preaching, after preaching the gospel after his conversion. There were those, for example, at the Ecclesia of Galatia, who having heard the truth, began to preach other things. 
you'll notice in Galatians that in the opening remarks of this letter, Paul does not praise this ecclesia as he does all the others, but he writes, in not listening to God's word, they had sinned greatly in two points, both in doctrine and discipline. They were still holding to the Jewish doctrines and ignoring Paul's words. So instead of expressing his thankfulness to God as Paul does in the other letters, he marvels how soon they had turned away from the true gospel. The gospel, of course, is more than just good news. We have Paul's stern warning to those Thessalonians. When the Lord Jesus is revealed from heaven with his mighty angels in flaming fire, taking vengeance on those that do not know God and on those who do not obey the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ. The Galatians had ears turned the wrong way, which is a warning to us all that we must have our ears turned and tuned in the right way and not be carried away with arguments of men. How many times do we read the words of Jesus? He who has ears to hear, let him hear. Not only do these words appear in the Gospels, but also in those last words to each of those seven churches in Revelation. Each church had something they needed to listen to very urgently. And there is also another phrase which is repeated at the, to each church at its end, to him who overcomes. We'll just look at a couple of examples. Sardis sometimes called the dead church, Revelation chapter 3 verse 5. He who overcomes shall be clothed in white garments and will not, I will not blot out his name from the book of life, but I will confess his name before my father and before his angels. He who has ears to hear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. And then there is Laodicea, <coughs> the lukewarm church. Revelation chapter 3, verse 21. To him who overcomes, I will grant to sit with me on my throne, as I also overcame and sat down with my father on his throne. He who has ears to hear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. Yes, not just hear but also overcome. You know what James says? Be doers of the word and not hearers only. And so, brothers and sisters, now we come to remember again the Lord Jesus who did so much for us, who always listened to his Father's words and obeyed them in everything even to say, not will, my will, but thine be done, who opened up the way of life for us through his shed blood and his obedience. We remember him now in these emblems, 
not just as a dead saviour, but as one who rose from the dead and is now at God's right hand, one whose ear is ever open to our petitions and to our praise and to our thanks, and also, brethren and sisters, to present our prayers in an acceptable manner before our Father. So, while we speak to him, let us be ready to hear him. That the transfiguration, the simple message to the three who saw that glorious sight and were witnesses was, This is my beloved Son, in whom I am well pleased. Hear him. The signs around us, of which Jesus told us of and warned us of, speak of his imminent return. Let us not ignore them and so fall by the wayside, so close to his return, but hold on to the end, knowing what wonderful things lie ahead for those who do. Let's remember those virgins in Matthew 25, who although were called to the wedding feast, were not prepared when the bridegroom came. And while they urgently sought oil for their lamps, the others went in to the feast. And when they arrived, the door was shut. The same as God shut the door on Noah's ark. What if we are like that and find ourselves outside the kingdom at Jesus' return through not giving enough attention to those precious words that have been left on record for him, for us? So, brethren and sisters, in the time we have, let's do our best to make sure we don't have to say, if only I'd have listened. <laughs>